Welcome to Grace Camp Meeting 2012. We believe that this series of messages are going to open up the seals, cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God, and I will make you see beyond the letters of the Word. The theme of this camp is on the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We trust that the same impartation we had in Camp Meeting will come over you as you listen to this audio resource. God bless you. So, Romans 5, verse 14, I'm reading. Are we all there? The word says, Nevertheless, that reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Like I often say, if the Bible says death reigned from Adam to Moses, it simply also means death ought to stop with Moses. Because that's what the Bible is saying. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. So, by implication, when you get to Moses, he can cross beyond Moses. And I'm sure I've explained that to all sometime. But in case you need to catch it, you need to understand that the basis of this statement has to do with the laws. Adam sinned in the first place because he got a law to obey. And then Moses came and began to give laws which were difficult for man to keep. And any time you sin, you die. So it is called a lot of sin and death. Amen? Okay. Anyway, let's progress. And the Bible says, verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. And I want you to know that in your Bible. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. The gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. 16. Not that it is all by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of one of many offenses unto what? Justification. For if by one man's offense that reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus. Now I want to I want to start defining first of all righteousness. Because it says it says much more they which receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's start defining righteousness. Simple definition. Basically, if you look at the word, in the original word, as it were, it simply means to act rightly. I mean, it's like saying... 
Both your attitude and lifestyle is perfect even before God. Righteous living, righteous acts, as it were. Amen? And a simple way of defining it. But I have a, let's look at something from the Bible. I just want to get a clear definition from the Bible for us. And um, first of all, let's look at Matthew 5 verse 20. Matthew 5 verse 20. The Bible says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness that is described from Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? Don't forget, we have abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness by which we reign in life. But here the Bible is saying, your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. So the question is, what is the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? Amen? Automatically you find that the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees has to do with the Lord of Moses. They were the people that, they were the custodian of the law and they boasted so much about what they can do with the law. Is that okay? But the Bible now is not saying, for you to enter into God's kingdom, your righteousness must exceed yours. Then, the next question will be, what then must I do to have a righteousness that exceeded that of the scribes and the Pharisees? Because that will be the next implication. If your righteousness, don't, don't, don't forget, you know these guys that kept the law, they wash your feet, they wash your hands before they eat, they come from the market, they wash so that they don't get contaminated by those they met in the marketplace. And, you know, they fast, they give their tithes and coming and all you, whatever. I mean, all of that. Remember the young man that Jesus asked, man, come on, what is the Bible talking about? What must I do to enter into the kingdom of God? The Bible says, what did the Bible say? What did the law say? And the guy start quoting the whole law. Remember that? Good. So, we are saying, if your righteousness must exceed yours, what are you then going to do? Because by implication, even if you think righteousness is because you can fast and pray, righteousness because you can give alms, you can pay tithe, you can all of those things that makes your righteousness, you have not still been able to exceed us. You can't even meet up with your own, not the look of exceeding it. I don't know if I'm catching this. Because they got all the law of Moses and they were keeping all of these laws. And it's not saying for you to enter into God's kingdom, your righteousness must exceed your own. That means you're going to be keeping all the laws that they were keeping and above. Because they're talking about exceeding. I don't know if you're catching this. That makes it very serious. So where do we go? If the scribes and Pharisees with all the ruggedness and doggedness with which they kept the law, the Bible is saying, Jesus is saying, if you must enter into God's kingdom, which is the realm of life, you must exceed your religious practice. Because all of what they were doing was basically based on religious practices. Is that okay? So what, what do we do today to exceed their own righteousness? Okay, anyhow, let's get down to Romans 10. That's how I feel I have to define this first because it's going to give us the basis. Because reigning in life is going to be through the gift of righteousness with the abundance of Grace reigning in life, and that is the most important thing we're going to be dealing with tonight. 
Because for you to come to the place of reigning in life, it means you have life in abundance. Amen? Romans 10, verse number 3. For they, the Jews, and so you can equally just simply put it, describe some Pharisees. For they be ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness. Romans 10. Have not, are we together? Have not submitted themselves unto what? The righteousness of God. That means there is the righteousness of God and there is the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Meaning there are two types of righteousness. Are you catching this? Good. You must understand something we read from the book of Romans chapter 5. For you to be justified is it's like saying you've got to fulfill all the demands of the law. Is that alright? Good. Then you can be justified. Okay. Here the Bible is saying there is God's righteousness, there is the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And the Bible says the Pharisees were ignorant of God's own righteousness, so they will go about establishing their own righteousness. Meaning the religious practice they were involved in. And that is where the problem lies. Because in the first place, it was God that gave the laws. God gave the laws, and these guys were practicing what God gave. That is why you need to understand, when we talk about the proceeding word, God may have said something yesterday, but if he says something today, he wants you to live by what he says today, not what he said yesterday. He gave the laws. And when he gave the law, they called those laws to be righteous laws. You have to do them to be able to fulfill righteousness. Are you still there? Now you can also understand what Jesus said, let us fulfill all, all righteousness. What, what do you think he was talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So here we find that the way that we establish the all righteousness, but God is not intending for you. So that's why he says, Except your own righteousness exceed righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Don't forget what the kingdom is. The kingdom is what? Righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible is saying, if you go in the bar with the righteousness of the Jews or the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot experience the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, and the righteousness of the Lord. You can experience it. Hallelujah. Okay. Look at this number three. I mean number four. And this is very interesting. For Christ is what? The end of the law. For what? Righteousness to everyone that believeth. Remember. Accept <laughs> your righteousness. Exceed. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what is God's righteousness? Christ. Huh? Now how do you get Christ? Believe. And God is saying, Hey, I want to cause you to come into the kingdom of God, but there is only one thing you can do to make me satisfy or to satisfy my demands and then you experience God's kingdom. Believe in the one that I've sent. Christ is the end. Of the law. 
for righteousness to everyone that what? Believe it. I remember some time passed. Uh, I used to have somebody, uh, Uncle Francis had only brought in one Shadrach, brought him to us. It was a youth service. Uh, it was a youth couple as well at that time, I'm sure. Yeah. He came to join us, and these guys, they were good Sabbatarians. They were keeping the Sabbath doggedly, man. Sabbath, Saturdays, don't eat kind of fish, this one, whatever. And then he came, and then I was talking with him, and he was having this problem. He was kind of believing, but at the same time, you no, know, he grew up with those things, so it was difficult for this guy to break through. He went back home the next in the night. The Lord visited him and asked him to read this passage. And then the next day, he ran back to me in the office. Pastor, you are right. I said, what is it? You know, what we're doing is a amount of waste of time. I tell him, by the grace of God, he can't continue with that. Because the Lord made him to see. He just gave him. In the night, he had this voice. Romans 10, 3 to 4. He read it and ran back the next day. So, it's not about religious thing. It's not about what you think you can do. It has nothing to do with your effort. It has nothing to do with Man, it's just one demand God is placing on you. What is the demand? Believe. We're going to be seeing something because it's very funny, like I keep always asking. If you grow up, <laughs> you grow up and you were told that you are a sinner, you just believed it. Now God is saying, like, you believe that you are righteous, it becomes difficult. That's the problem with Christianity. I mean, I don't know. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? Anyway, let's read and you see what I mean. Look at verse 5. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Did you get that? I think it is James, uh, is it James 5, verse 10, or James 2, 10. It says, if you have to keep up the law and you broke one, you condemn in all of the rest. Is it? Is it you understand that? So, if you for this, if you're struggling to keep, let's say you're trying about 15 now, you've been able to cover 15, you're keeping 15 constantly, and then you move on to, you're covering uh, maybe 20, and then one day you just miss one. And then all of the other 19 or 20 you have kept before is wiped out. You go back and start all over. How can you please God? Hallelujah. That is the way the law operates. That is the way the law was made. Okay. So, the Bible is telling us here about, uh, that Moses is saying, the man that must keep the law will live by the law. Is that okay? Come on, are you there with me? So, number one, if you make some laws for yourself to be able to please God, you're going to live by those laws. By implication, I think God is going to judge you based on the things you believe. On the things you kept to be able to please Him. That is what He's going to judge you with. Or judge you by Whichever way. Are you there with me? But he has told you to do one thing. And just one thing alone. What is that? Believe. It's so simple. Remember I'm trying to define righteousness. What we have in our abundance of grace. But you see, abundance of grace come together with what? Righteousness. He said we've got the abundance of grace. And the gift of what? Righteousness. To be able to do, to reign in life. Okay, let's look at something. Isaiah 64. This is an interesting passage. How many of you have religiously heard this? All our righteousness is but filthy rags. Have you heard that before? Okay. Have you heard all have seen and come short of There is no righteous. No, not one. Have you heard that before? 
So what does that mean he said to you? Now, so always you see yourself as a sinner. Continuously. Are you see that? Let's look at this place. Let me, let me show you how terrible this thing is. Okay, I'm sorry. Go with me. Go with me. Okay, we're still going to read it. I'll be able to see that. Are you there with me? Isaiah 64? Okay, let's look at verse 6. 64 verse 6. The Bible says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are fitty rags, and we all do fade as leaves, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Okay? Now, let me read this from the Christian Jewish Bible. I like that. Look at what it says. All of us are like someone unclean. All our righteousness, our righteous deed, like measurable rocks. Huh? You like that? Serious definition. You know, God wants to describe to the Jewish people eh, what they were doing and how filthy it is in his sight. How many of you want to take a measure rag to clear your face? Okay. It says, We wither all of us like leaves, and all of our misdeeds blow us away like the wind. That's the present Jewish Bible. Okay, so now, the question is, what is saying all of our deeds? That includes, if you want to keep the laws, and some of the things you think you can do to do what? To please God. Somebody saying, are you saying we just you know, live like that? Just come with me. You understand what it means to work for God or to serve God or to do what God wants. Every deed you need to do can only be done through who? Through Christ. That's what the Bible says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. You see, you must come to the place that when what you do to God is righteous because you are doing it through, through Christ. Look at that. Okay. Come with me to 1 Corinthians 1. All our deeds, all our religious activities, all our practices, and nothing but just life filter rags. First Corinthians 1, look at verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, what? Wisdom and Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So number one, Christ is our righteousness. Because he's the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law and righteousness to everyone that believes. Is that okay? In other Bible, God, God is saying God has made Christ our righteousness. Now watch this. If you still quote that scripture in Isaiah 64, by implication, if I, when you start saying, all of us, all have seen and caused us the glory of God, there is no righteous, no not one, you are saying Christ is a fitty rag. Because you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you confess that, you are saying Christ is a fitty rag. No, it's not for you. The righteousness of God in Christ. So you can't be saying uh, all our righteousness are fitty rights. 
all are singing and come shout out the glory of God. There are no scriptures for you. <laughs> it's difficult for you to understand what I'm saying, but that's the truth. Is that okay? The more people call that for you, the more you believe into that, the more you make Christ a menstrual rag. Because you're trying to say there is something you can do to do what? To please God. So how many of us have unintentionally been insulting Christ by our belief system? By the things we practice? By the things people have, you know, they give into roles and baptizing us with. No, none have seen. All have seen. No, man. You're not a sinner. You are right just being in Christ. Amen? You are not a sinner one bit. <laughs> God paid for this. Remember, look at what he said here. We made what? The wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, the sanctification of God, and the redemption of God. Amen? The verse 31 says that according to us it is written, He that glory had led in glory who? In the Lord who made it, not me, not your efforts. So your righteousness is not because of what you have done or what you can do. So that's why your glory is who? In the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Romans 5. Let's look at 15. You know, we've read Romans 5 before, 14 to 17. Look at verse 15. It says, I wanted to check up something there. It said, the gift by grace, the gift by grace, which is by one Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. Watch this. The gift by grace. What is that gift in the first place? The gift of righteousness. How do you get the gift of righteousness? By grace. Has abounded unto many, as the case may be. But he said, which is by one Jesus Christ. Let, let me put it this way for you. A father has two sons. Okay? And then one of them became rebellious and disobedient to the instruction of the father. Are you getting that? And God said, you are rebellious. And God began to curse the child. And everybody that followed that child was cursed by the father. Is that simple? And then another son came and God sent the son a message and the son obeyed every bit of what the father asked him to do. And God said, you are righteous. Now everybody that follows that second son is termed what? Righteous. Now both of them are described by the action of those two men. One is disobedient, one is obedient. Is that simple? Good. So, any one of these two guys that you follow describes who you are. If you follow the disobedient one, you are unrighteous. You are a sinner. If you follow the obedient one, you are righteous. You are not a sinner. Very simple. Hallelujah. You see, that's what I'm saying. Is, is God will have to help us to come to this place of belief. Go this place of understanding. Because you see, 
Everything God needs to make available for us and to us, he has already made available. But we can't enter into them because I believe I've not been able to receive what we're supposed to receive. Now watch what he's saying here. The gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus, had abandoned unto many. Amen? But you have to believe it. You have to receive it. You have to accept it. Like I said, it's such a difficult thing. You grow up. I keep on repeating this. You grow up, you were not there, and then the, you were told one man called them sin. You didn't even know how old the guy was, but you just know that the man sin. You were told the man sin. And then, now every description given to you is a sinner because somebody sinned. How did you become a sinner? You believe. It is by your belief that you are what? A sinner. You know, how many of you have ever heard people in the world saying Jesus didn't die for them? Have you heard that before? There are a lot of religious people that don't believe that Jesus died for them. They don't even believe that there is something called sin. There is a different name they give to that. Is that okay? Everything has to do with the belief of the people. So now, you grow up and then you're told that you sin and fine. You agree with that. And you begin to walk. Now the Bible is saying, you need to turn around to believe that you are what? Righteous. Why is it difficult for us to believe this? Why? Because you were not even there when the first one happened. You were not there. But because you believe, you begin to walk in your life. You begin to act like the man you believe into. How do you come back to the reality? Believe. Just change your mind. Be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Glory to God. Now I want to compare one word here. The word abundance. Perusio. Perusio actually means to superabound in quality or quantity. Be in excess. Be superfluous. It means to cause to abound or superabound or to excel. That's what the word means. It's very important. Now if you go back to Romans 5, 17, you're going to see the same thing. Perisail. The first one in 15 is perusio. Second one is perusail. And it means superabundance. Almost the same word. Amen? So, remember, it said death reigned from Adam to Moses. Okay? Now I want to say something. How did death reign? What is the format of the reign of death? Because here there are two descriptions. There is the reign of death and the reign of righteousness through grace. Both of them are reigning. Do you understand that? Romans 5 from 14 to 17. Good. Death reign from Adam to Moses. And then those who believe have received grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. So there is a reigning on both sides of the divine. Is that okay? Are you getting this? But now let me see, how does that reign? That reign by the destruction of his subjects. Death reigning over. Now watch the Bible. The Bible said death reign over. Death reign from Adam to Moses and over all. Are you getting that? It reigns over. When something is reigning over, the thing is oppressing you. So it's like a tyranny. It's a tyrant. It's oppressive. Are you there? 
You know what the Bible says? For if by one man's death, offense, death reign by one, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I want you to see those two aspects of the word reign and reign and reign. How does death reign? Death subject you. He's it, it, a tyrant. It's like, you know, it's a despot. Somebody who does he have feelings for you? It's oppressive. Are you still there with me? Good. So, Paul is like here speaking as if life which springs out of justification in contrast with the death which springs from sin and follows condemnation. And where is the power of sin? Is the law. You understand that? So when he said death reign, he's also saying the law was reigning over. Now that's why you see, he described the law and the husband. Don't you know a woman whose man is alive has dominion over the husband or rules over the, I mean, the wife. You understand that? You no, know, until the wife, the husband dies, the wife is not free to marry another, all of that. He's talking about the power of the law as a tyrant. Hallelujah. Now, what Paul is actually looking at here is, there is a life you can live which is right life. Righteous life. Which you can possess and enjoy. In fact, the good will of God. In conformity with the eternal laws of God. Not the laws of Moses now. Of the one who seated upon the throne. Remember what he said. We shall reign with him. If we are crucified together with him. Did you get that? So our reign is in connection to him who is on the throne, who is a righteous man. And because he has been made the righteousness of God, we have the gift of grace, of the gift of righteousness, and the abundance of grace to do what? To reign in life. And we must understand, this reign also is directly connected to what we can experience now, and if you will, in the life after. Amen? But there is something I want you to see which is very important to me. When you say dead rain, like I said before, it's like you are in a region of tyranny, in an atmosphere of oppression by another force, by another power. Is that okay? But when you come to the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign in life, you are into a realm of freedom and a place of power spoken of in the form of the image of reigning in life which represents a glorious territory. Watch me. When you say somebody is reigning in a place, I don't know, I'm going to bring this for you to understand. We are not just reigning, dead reign, but we are reigning in life. I want you to understand this. Have you guessed that? We are not reigning by life. We are not reigning through life. We are reigning in life. It means the environment where we exercise our authority is life. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'll come again. You catch it now. <laughs> we are not just ready. Listen, the Bible says death reigned from Adam to Moses. And over though who did not seem like Adam sinned. Is that okay? From over. Death is reigning over people. But we are reigning in life. That's what I want you to see. So watch this. If this power was supposed to be described as life, this is where we reign. 
Are you there with me? Good. I wish you can catch that because to me it's very important. We are reigning in life. We are not reigning by life. We are not reigning through life. Death reign from Adam to Moses over. But we are reigning in life. Meaning, listen, I came that you may have land to have it work more abundantly. The life you've gotten, you are expected to reign. So, when you are talking of reigning in life, that means every sphere of your existence, you have authority in it. Are you picking it now? I want you to understand. So, <laughs> you talk about business life, you can reign. Marital life, you can reign. Anything academic, as long as it has to do with your life, you have authority. We are reigning in life through the abundance of the grace and the gift of what? Of righteousness. Reigning in life. I want you to understand it because to me it is important. We are not reigning by life. We are not reigning through life. We are reigning in life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you catching it? Praise the Lord. So, life is an atmosphere where we exercise our reign of the gift of righteousness and what? And justification. We reign in life. So, if somebody is reigning, it simply means the person is a king. Only kings reign. Amen? And that's what the Bible talks about. We being made Prince and kings. And we shall reign on this earth. So where do you find life? On this earth. Where are we supposed to express this gift? On this earth, sir. Right here. Not when you die. <laughs> Not when you die. Man, you need to wake up. Somebody needs to wake up. You see, no wonder the Bible says, Awake unto righteousness. Yea, that sleep it. And Christ shall be light. Awake to righteousness. Respond to righteousness. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay, let me show you something. Example of reigning in life. Romans 5, 17. We read up before, isn't it? You can also take down to read Romans 5, verse 20. But, how many of you know what happened in Genesis chapter 15? Hmm? Let, me, let me show you something. Genesis 15. I'll look just uh, verse number verse number 6. Genesis 15 verse number 6. Remember, after in Genesis 14, the Bible says Abraham paid tithe unto is that okay? And the next thing we'll find out, the Lord appeared to Abraham in a vision. Okay? And then Abraham said, okay, what have you got for me? This Eliezer is my, it's going to be my heir, I don't have a child, whatever the case may be. Is that alright? What's the next thing that God told Abraham? 
Come out. Look up into the sky. Are you still there with me? You count the stars and count the sand of the seashore. That is how your seed shall be. Hallelujah. What's the next thing? The verse number six. And the Bible said, And Abraham was, what believed God. Is that okay? Okay, let me take from verse five. Genesis, Genesis 15, look at that. Verse five. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And what happened? Verse six. He believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for what? Righteousness. Let you get that? So right from that time, Abraham began to reign. Through the gift of righteousness. That is reigning in life. Now you can see why Abraham had to be abundantly blessed. In business, he was reigning. When it comes to his age, he began to reign because the world alone produced life that his age, notwithstanding, he brought for Isaac. He began to reign in life. By reason of this, you can't conquer Abraham. By reason of this, there is no man that can be more wager than Abraham on the face of the earth. How? He was ready to the gift of grace of what? Righteousness. Abraham did nothing, but he began to reign. Hallelujah. Remember what we said? We're talking about reigning where? In life. Not when you die. So now Abraham began to operate on another level. They begin to, things begin to respond to Abraham. And it's like, my goodness. You see, that is where it's difficult for people to believe this, but if the stars, you can't count them, there is no human being. Because I'm beginning to think that as many stars that have been in the sky, those are how human beings will be on the face of the earth. And if you can't number them, you can't even number them. That means everyone born into this world is a child of Abraham. But so many are still living in ignorance. Everyone. Are you getting that? This man began to reign. So we are called to reign, people. That is what grace can do. That is what the abundance of this grace can do for you and I. Reigning. In righteousness. By the gift of righteousness. With the abundance of grace. Now there is something you need to understand. If... There is abundance of sin. There is also abundance of grace. Hallelujah. So Abraham began to reign. Began to reign. So that's what we're saying. The Bible says those who have the gift shall reign in life. Those who receive, retain, and improve the abundant grace offered by Jesus shall be redeemed from the empire of death and exalted to the throne of God to live and reign with him war with our end. Amen? Let me bring us a few things while I try to wrap up. From that same passage in Romans chapter 5 from 14 to 17. Amen? One, the abundance of grace 
and the gift of justification, according to Romans 5.17, is that grace and gift which is received by those who shall reign in eternal life and life right now. Again, I say, the abundance of grace and the gift of justification. Once you are justified, it means your sins are no longer counted on you. Is that grace and that gift which is received by those who shall reign in life? Amen? The only thing that qualifies us to reign in this life is to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of what? Justification that makes us righteous people. Until we believe that, no power. Hallelujah. Don't you believe that? No problem. I know it could be difficult for you to say that, but listen to me. Tell anybody anywhere. I am righteous. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter how anybody thinks about it. I'm righteous. Huh? Yes, sir. That is who you are. I mean, that is your identity. I mean, you don't have anything else to describe yourself with. You're righteous. Maybe difficult for you to believe that. Maybe difficult for anybody to accept it. It doesn't even really matter whether somebody accepts it. It has to do with whether you believe it. And if you're believing into it, it takes you out to another life where you begin to do what? Reign. You reign in life. Hallelujah. Number two, reigning in life is a consequence of receiving the grace and gift of justification. Are we right? Yes, sir. Reigning in life is the consequence or the reason for you to reign in life is you receiving the grace and the gift of what? Justification. That's what qualifies you to reign. Why Why will anybody say you have to reign? It's not because of what you have done. Or what you can do. But you have received that grace. And the gift of justification. That God is not seeing a sinner. He's seeing a righteous dude. Right there. Anytime God looks at you. He sees a righteous person. How many of you understand the Bible says? It says. He that is in Christ is what? A new creature. All things are possible. Amen. In the true sense of it. Maybe I'm fine to explain that. But understand something. Listen closely. You are made up of spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit right now is righteous, is sealed, cannot sin. Your body can, your soul can. Amen? Now, you don't need to be thinking about your body and your soul. You have to be thinking about your spirit. That's why you see, the Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Have I explained that to you before? Your spirit is born again. So if you sin and God communicates to you, all you need to do is to say, I'm sorry. But that is not to say God is condemning you because your spirit is sealed eternally. It can't sin. Hallelujah. 
And you must understand your first spirit before flesh and soul. So when Jesus was on the cross and was to go, look at what he said. Into the hand I commend my spirit. He didn't commend his soul or body. So what happened? The realization that you are spirit and that you are spirit in such a dimension of righteousness begin to flow to your soul, from your soul begin to affect your physical body because definitely we must come to the place where our physical body is redeemed into the glory of the Lord. Because this corruption will put on what? In corruption. Hallelujah. Number three. Receiving the grace is a necessary qualification on our path for reigning in life. Amen. Receiving the grace is a necessary qualification on our path for reigning where in life. Look, I'm just so much interested that there is this thing that is pulling me so strongly. The issue of reigning in life. Anytime I met people need to think about this, I just, I just picture myself not really being able to, it's like I have not even received or I have not even believed yet what God has made available for me. Because the point is this, we are bound and meant to reign in life. And the only thing that qualifies us is to receive this grace That God has made available. Amen? Number four. Reigning in life is subject to our believing in Jesus Christ as having died for what? Our offenses. You have to believe that. My sins and iniquities were laid on him. The Bible says, when you behold him, he has no you know what it means? It means no beauty. And that tells us that some of the pictures we see on our calendars, that could not be Jesus when he was dying. If you see the picture of Jesus, the way God saw him, you wouldn't like to hang the picture on your wall. Hmm? He said, the word comeliness means there is no beauty for you to look on. Because the sin and the iniquity of the world was hit on him. So the guy was disfigured in the sight of God. He was disfigured, you might be glorious. And that is what your initial nature described you or presented you before God. You were a disfigured human being. Now he took the disfiguredness that you might become a handsome being. In every area. So we are saying, reigning in life is subject to our believing in Jesus Christ as having died for what? Our offenses. And how many of the offenses? All. Hallelujah. I wanted to catch it because it's very important. There is no sin that you ever committed, that anybody ever committed, that Jesus didn't pay for. None. Hallelujah. 
None. Now you have to believe that. Amen? Verse number five. We must receive the grace so freely offered us using the means in order to get more grace. Hallelujah. You know, Sunday the scripture was making us understand. What did he tell us in the book of Psalm 115? How many of you can remember? The Lord is going to bless you more and more, increase you more and more, and even your children more and more. Grace to grace. Remember? The law came by Moses. I mean, Moses gave the law, but Jesus came through grace and truth. Came by grace and truth. And the Bible says we have received of his grace, grace for grace, of faith to faith. There is always an increase, glory to glory. Now for you to move from the level you are to another level, man, listen to me, you have to believe and receive this thing that is freely offered. You can't struggle to get it. You are not asked to struggle to get it. Abraham lived in life and reigned in life and he didn't struggle to, he just simply said, Oh, my children are going to be like the stars, God. I believe. And God said, you are righteous, man. Now begin to reign. Hmm? And you can like Master Wallace said, can you imagine somebody going to what, 300, how many, seven, 360, I can't remember. Huh? Good. Servant in a man's house. I'm talking of men, man, or children and women. They were not on their own. They were his servant. And you know what that means? That means Abraham could be spluttering about how many cows in a day. To feed the family. Those of you like to eat meat will have been a family of Abraham. I tell you, for that man to take care of. Remember, you see, when the scriptures always record, remember, say 5,000 men were fed, excluding children and women. Okay, fine. So if the 318 men, uh, now think about how many women were supposed to be there. <laughs> so. <laughs> You got what I'm talking about. But because this guy was ready in life, he could feed them and think nothing. That's what it means. I got what I'm saying. I turn out 318, and I want you to think something out now. A woman can have three or four children. Okay? So, you might, hey, I don't know how to multiply this. Can you figure out what I'm trying to say? And Abraham was feeding all of them on a daily basis. That is what it means to reign in life. You understand? So reigning in life is not a matter of eh, every day the account is down and uh, no. <laughs> there is abundance of grace. God is giving us grace to reign in life. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to catch it because to me it's very important. <laughs> to me it's very important. When I was looking at this picture, I said, God, I don't know. Maybe give us another mind to understand what you're saying, to receive what you're saying, and to really become people who ought to reign in life. You don't even need to be raining and sweating. You don't sweat to rain because everything is freely given. It just comes. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine people coming to Abraham and saying, just take this after the war. Take this. No, I don't need anything. You understand that? I don't need anything. 
There is an abundance of grace already. I'm connected to the one that owns the universe. Begging will definitely depart from your doorstep. There's an abundance of rain. I like this. Hallelujah. Hmm? Somebody said, what? You see, pastor, I remember, I remember someone was saying, do you teach people about the fruit of the spirit? I said, I don't teach people about fruit of spirit. Because they have the spirit. So they should bear the fruit by themselves. You can't teach a plant how to grow. Huh? The more we receive this grace, the more those virtues begin to flow out of our lives. Because that is our nature. Huh? People who don't know how to smile, can you make them smile? <laughs> can you teach? <laughs> you understand that? But even if they smile, as they leave the scene, it's all gone. Their face becomes like stone. They can't smile. It is their nature. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You ask them, why are you not happy? Say, ah, I'm happy. Oh. <laughs> Say for your face. Ah, that's what my face be. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? You don't know when they're happy, you don't know when they're not happy. That's just their nature. Hallelujah. So the fruit is on your inside. Hmm? Anytime you walk into a situation that wants to make you angry, say, no, that's not part of my nature. Are you getting what I'm talking about? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke anger. Because it's not part of my nature. Because the spirit in you, Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace. Are you getting that? Think about it. That is not my nature. Greed is not part of my nature. Because you are born with one spirit. And out of that spirit, all these things are coming out. Hallelujah. I don't know. I mentioned this to you before, that Abraham's covenant was the covenant of grace. How many of you remember that? And that's why you see why it was easy for Abraham to really enjoy life. Because... He keyed into the covenant that God made with him, which was the covenant of grace. He had no part in it, one bit. Just rested, God did everything I needed to do. And God said, can you come and enjoy what I've done? Just come and share fellowship and enjoy everything that I've made available. You know, what I'm saying is somebody may ask you a question and say, man, come on, you need to teach people. You don't have to go sinning. You are giving license to people to sin. That's not true. I remember when I was in Kenya, somebody said, can you balance this? I said, what do you want me to balance? I said, yes, I should teach them grace. I should teach them. Let me tell you this. You don't mix these things. You know something. You know something. If you sin, you are punishing yourself. This had nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. What happened to the prodigal son? I mean, that's typical for him. What happened to the prodigal son? He gets messed up and he realized this is not where I'm supposed to be. And he ran back home. Grace said, come back. 
It is you that suffers. Nothing to do with God. Nothing. Try and steal and see what your conscience will make you feel. You'll be in torment. So why do you want to party such a thing? You don't need to. I'm telling you what God has done. And then you should be able to know the consequences. It's not because of one day you're going to be in one hellfire or something. That is uh, Even here, you will first go through the hell before you enter hell. So you don't even need to practice it. It's not necessary. Go and steal and then you see the consequences. How you'll be dodging yourself. Not dodging people. You'll be dodging yourself. <laughs> you think it's easy to be a thief? Huh? Even, you think it's easy to be a thief? Go and try it. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Once you receive Christ, you become light. And it's difficult for light to hide in darkness. Do you know that? Very difficult. So anytime you are tempted to do such a thing, don't forget you are light. Amen? What am I trying to make you understand? Man, let's think about what the Lord has done. Let's, let's come to the place where we can truly enjoy life because God wants us to enjoy life. Not when you die. Right now. Amen? Right now. Enjoy life. Because he has made life available. Don't forget, he says, death reign from Adam to Moses. But we can also reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of what? Righteousness. Praise the living God. Thank you for ordering our audio resource. We believe that the message you've listened to have impacted your life and brought a new level of understanding to you. For further information, please, you can visit us on the website, www.gkai.net or send us an email at admin at gkai.net or you could SMS or call any of these numbers, plus 234 seven zero six six nine four zero 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 three or plus two three four eight one five nine six seven two seven nine zero